save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Seas today. Also, Sherry Laskin standing by with Cruise News over in, or I should say up in, Haines, Alaska. We'll be checking in with her in just a couple of moments. Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news Monday through Friday. You can find that by typing in Cruise Radio News on your favorite podcast catcher. Let's see, the Cruise Radio YouTube channel have a deck-by-deck walkthrough of Norwegian Pearl on there. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for being here. Happy to have you. If I can do anything for you, drop me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Carnival Panorama is one step closer to the U.S. Yeah, Carnival Panorama left the shipyard in Italy last weekend, but it was only for a brief trip out to sea. And in case you didn't know, in case someone out there doesn't know, Panorama was supposed to be a part of Carnival's P&O fleet. When Carnival executives saw how popular the first two Vista-class ships were, and that would be the Vista and the Horizon, they decided that the Panorama would instead join the Carnival fleet, and it will become the first new Carnival ship to be homeported on the West Coast in 20 years. So when Panorama is completed, the ship will head across the Atlantic to Long Beach, California, but without any passengers. After a three-night inaugural cruise, the ship will offer seven-night Mexican Riviera cruises that include Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. I know you're over in Alaska and you don't have the best signal, but did you get to see that video of the ship leaving dry dock? I tried to and it wouldn't play. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be a really neat video with people on shore and mm-hmm. everything, but I had that that, that broken face that yep. said, nope, you can't play this. I hear you. <laughs> and speaking of Long Beach, a Cunard exhibit is launching on the Queen Mary over there tomorrow. Yeah, and, and like you said, back in Long Beach, the RMS Queen Mary, which is now a ship hotel, is adding a permanent exhibit called the Cunard Story. So partnered along with Cunard Line, which was the ship's original owner, the show will open on July 5th, and featured in the exhibit will be its 179-year history with Cunard Line and explaining the significance that the ship has played over the years. The Cunard Story will showcase ship artifacts, photos, and film, and it will have an immigration salon, as they're calling it, where visitors can digitally explore ancestry databases. During the ship's heyday under the Cunard banner, which ran from 1936 until its retirement and sale in 1967, Queen Mary carried thousands of passengers across the Atlantic and around the world. If you're sailing on a Carnival cruise sailing or whoever else docks at that pier at Long Beach, even if you don't stay on the ship, walk on board and see what cruising was like back in the heyday. Because 
as you can attest to, Sherry, because we were just there a couple of months ago, just so cool to take a, I guess, a stroll back in time. Oh, it is. It's, it's like you're transported into 1930s and the beautiful Art Deco. And it's just, it's a gorgeous old ship, you know. It, yeah, it's just an amazing experience. And this year, Mark, or this week, rather, marks one year until we see Princess's Enchanted Princess. Yeah, Pr- Princess Cruises has begun the countdown for the one-year mark until the launch of Enchanted Princess on June 30 of next year in Southampton. The maiden voyage on July 1 of 2020 will depart the U.K. for a 10-night cruise to Rome and include other popular Western Mediterranean ports. Enchanted Princess is the fifth royal-class ship and is sister ship to Royal Princess, Regal Princess, Majestic Princess, and the upcoming Sky Princess this October. Enchanted Princess will accommodate 3,660 passengers and 1,346 crew. The new ship will have over 25 dining venues and bars, and it will offer the use of their Ocean Medallion interactive wearable device. When you were reading through those cruise ports, it had me thinking about all those awesome ports over there. Are you more of an Eastern Med or Western Med girl? Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I would jump right in to say the Western Mediterranean, but I like I like uh, going over to Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to put a little bit of Eastern Med into the, which is really the uh, the Adriatic over there, but you have to scoot around to get there. Yeah, I would say Eastern I would turn Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would walk the center on that because I do like those Eastern Mediterranean ports like, of course, Venice and Montenegro, Croatia and Greece. But I also just there's there's just a charm about like Naples and Livorno and Marseille. And there is. And then scooting further south and the French Riviera mm-hmm. with Khan and we're just rattling off these names. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just such a wonderful experience. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, hard to, it's hard to choose one over the other. Yeah, if you ever have a chance to cruise the Mediterranean, definitely, definitely do it. And it looks like a new gratuity policy is in place for guests sailing MSC cruises who live in the UK or in Ireland. Yep, MSC just announced that they're now rolling the daily gratuity charge into the cost of the cruise, but only if you live in the UK or Ireland. MSC itineraries that begin in other ports, for example, in the U.S., would still add the gratuity cost as usual. So from the U.S., that's $12.50 per person per day for adults and $6.25 per person per day for kids ages 2 to 11 years old. Um, Also bucking the trend to roll daily service fees into the cost of a cruise, but this time for cruises from the U.S. will be, drumroll, Virgin Voyages. Gratuities will be included in the cost of their cruise fare and also included will be all the restaurants, fitness classes, and basic beverages. So far, no other cruise line has made any such type of announcement other than the two we just mentioned. Sherry, what are your thoughts on, okay, so if these cruise lines decide to roll the gratuities or service charge into the price of the cruise, do you think it will make the level of service go down? I, of course, I'd hope not. And I think um, with some of the upper premium cruise lines, I don't think you would even, it wouldn't even occur to me that the level of service would decrease. Um, And then on the other hand, if it was included in the cost of the cruise, um, maybe crew people would uh, strive to do 
go above and beyond in hopes of getting an envelope at the end of the cruise with an additional gratuity. All right, listener question comes from Donna. I bought the beverage package for an upcoming NCL cruise and prepaid the 20% gratuity. Am I going to be charged more when I'm on board the ship or am I to assume I got a discount? Yeah, well, Donna, when you buy a dining or beverage package, like you said, the service charge is included and you did pay the extra. So as long as you stay within what's covered by the package, you won't receive any further service charges. But there is one occasion when you could receive an additional fee, and that's if you have purchased a beverage package and you order drinks while in a port like New York or Miami, for example. So you just be sure that you know the package inclusions. Don't go over what you've paid for, and you should be fine. Donna, I hope that helped. You can email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Sherry, the past couple of weeks, we haven't had the best signal. It's a solid signal today. So I want to ask you, how is this 21-day cruise going you're on up in Alaska with Holland America? Yes, this is on the, the little Mazda built in 1993. It's a 21-day round-trip cruise from San Francisco all the way across the Gulf of Alaska to Kodiak and Homer and Anchorage. Um, and it's, it's all about the itinerary It's this has been, it's been amazing. And, you know, it's, a, it's an older demographic because not everybody can take three weeks off, even, even in the summer. Um, and it's, it's an active type of, um, experience, meaning they have, uh, one of the short excursions I was just looking at for Wrangell, which we're going to in a couple of days has a rock climbing, um, excursion. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even do the rock climbing wall on Royal Caribbean. (laughs) I don't know who is going to be doing the rock climbing wall in Wrangell, but uh, should be interesting. So, yeah, there's a lot of kayaking, a lot of nine-mile bike rides. You know, people could say what they want about the Holland America demographic. They're older, whatever you want to say. I was on a cruise to the Panama Canal with them back in 2012, and we did whitewater rafting in the rainforest in Costa Rica. These people were more active than I was. I was clicking onto the side of the ship, and they were just hardcore rolling into these turns on the rapids. Yeah, and that's that's what is um, that's the clientele that is attracted to this type of experience. I would think you know they all a lot of them have those hats with the string under the chin, and and they're avid birders and hikers and real outdoorsy people more than I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sherry, enjoy every last minute of your cruise, and we'll talk to you next week. We will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, uh, 4th of July, happy birthday. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? 
Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. So Mike just returned from a four-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Seas. The uh, sailing left out of Port Everglades, four nights to Cozumel, and Mike joins us on the line. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing today, Doug? Good, man. So I wanted to ask you, actually, before we even start talking about the cruise itself, we were talking before you sailed, and you were asking me about the whole flight situation in and out of Fort Lauderdale from Jacksonville and, you know, cutting it close. Did everything work out for you okay? Oh, it worked out perfect. I did exactly what you said to do. I had uh, I had my Uber app up, ready to go once I got to uh, once I got beyond customs, and I was I, I was actually cabin to in an Uber in probably fifteen minutes. Oh wow, that's yeah, so. awesome. So before we get to the ship itself, like we always do, we're going to take a step back here, and we're going to get some pre-cruise thoughts why you wanted to do this four-nighter on Independence of the Seas, which she was recently renovated spring of twenty eighteen. I had not been on Royal, I guess in about 10 years, I went on the old Monarch of the Seas. I don't know if you remember that, that one or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, sailed out of Port Canaveral. It was uh, even after the Sovereign. <laughs> you remember the Sovereign? <laughs> Who didn't do that one? Um, but yeah, and I was watching the rates on Indy, and I just decided, why not? I want to try Royal. Uh, I want to try it out. So I uh, have found a great rate on a promenade, promenade view room, so I jumped on it. Now, you sailed this cruise solo. Does Royal do anything for solo guests, or are you paying that um, single supplement fee every time? You're paying the single supplement fee every time, but you get double the status points. So I got – it was a four-night cruise, so I actually got eight nights oh, as, I, towards status. Yeah, Carnival doesn't do that, do they? No. No, they do not. They've been. I think they've been talking about it, but they haven't done it yet. Yeah, because I sailed – the Carnival Horizon, the 14-night last year solo, and I had to pay mm-hmm. the full fee uh, for me and someone else, which it was just me, but I only got single points. I only got 14 points. I should have gotten 28, but anyway, that's for another interview. Um, right. So <laughs> let's talk about getting down to the terminal down there. Uh, you make your way to Port Everglades. It's time to board the ship. Um, how was the embarkation process? It was really quick. I took the shuttle from the airport. Um, they drop you right off uh, right there at the door pretty much. You you drop your luggage, walked into the terminal, showed my – I never waited in line really. I walked up to somebody. They scanned my CPAS and my passport, sent me to security. I went upstairs. I sat for maybe five minutes, and that was really just clearing out lines. And then walked right on board. I was maybe 15, 20 minutes. Okay. You said, it was a really easy process. Very nice. And you said you haven't sailed on Royal Caribbean in years. So what was your first impressions walking on board Independence of the Seas? Definitely a big difference from what I remember. Um, but, you know, you walk on to deck four and then you can and once you get on a little bit, you can look up and see the Royal Promenade. And it's really pretty amazing. It looks like a long, you know, mall. But uh, there's so much up there and there's so much to see. So it's really kind of exciting when you walk on board and see the see the Royal Promenade. 
I really like this class of ship because of that. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? I actually had a promenade view room. So I had the the ones that overlooked the Royal Promenade. And I really liked this room. I was really concerned about noise, but I didn't have any problems with noise. Uh, you heard a little bit from the Ale and Anchor Pub, which was downstairs in the promenade, but it was more of a um, muffled sound. It really wasn't bad. Now, I was up on deck eight, but the room itself that was very comfortable, had the king size bed. Had the shower with the doors instead of the curtain, <laughs> which nice. I know, which is nice. But it, the shower was really small. That was what I noticed. Um, but the room itself was very comfortable. A lot of storage room. Uh, they had the closets. They had drawers. Um, they had the safe, of course. And one of the cool things I thought was was nice to have is right next to the bed on each side of the bed, they had lamps. And they, you could turn on the main lamp or you had just a small reading light. And it was a little LED reading light. So you could turn that on you know, if you had other people in the room and it wouldn't disturb them. So uh, that was kind of nice. But, yeah, it was, I really liked that promenade view room. What was the USB situation like? No USBs. They just had the plugs. They just had the plugs. But they had – they only had the just the, the normal 110 and the European, but that's all they had. They didn't have any additional – you would think that because they just spent millions of dollars on the upgrade, they would install those. But maybe that's for another day, I guess, right? It must be. It yeah. must be really expensive to do that because they don't seem to be doing that as often as you would think. It was a promenade view, promenade view, however you say it. Um, so you're basically one deck above the promenade looking down like a window looking down onto it? Yeah, I was actually three decks up. Uh, prom- the Royal Promenade was on deck five. I was up on deck eight. But there are there are cabins uh, overlooking the promenade on six, seven, and eight. Are there any balconies that do that, or is that just like an ocean or a um, a window type thing? It's just a window, like a bay window. Yeah, it's just a bay window. I will tell you that you do see into the other rooms, so it's <laughs> you know make sure you use those curtains. It's definitely any, a, a something you want to do. <laughs> are there any voyeurs out there? All right, very nice. Oh yeah. So you make your way. Uh, well, actually, you made your way to the stateroom. So let's talk about the food now. Um, the dining situation on this four night cruise. We'll start in the main dining room. So how was the main dining room experience, and what time dining did you have? I did the My Time Dining, which this is where it comes in a little bit about the about the solo cruising. Unlike other cruise lines, they don't seat solo cruisers with groups. They'll just put you at a table by yourself. Mm. But I had the opportunity to meet some people on the on board and we went to the dining room on the last night and the food was incredible. Um, had lamb with the mint sauce. I uh, had this chocolate cake dessert, which is really good. Of course, I had the escargot for, for – uh, per appetizer. The wait staff was outstanding. Um, it's one of the things I've heard a lot about Royal Caribbean is their, is their service in the dining room is really good. And it, it definitely met that expectation. Was your last Royal cruise, uh, the Monarch like, so that would be like 2010, right? 2011. Yeah. 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it wasn't too long, I think before they got rid of it. Yeah. I was gonna say, cause it, they got rid of that somewhere around that because I think they dumped sovereign in 2008 and then a couple years mm-hmm. later, they um, dumped Monarch, which was uh, a shame because that was a fun one. But anyway, back to independence here. So you, we talked about the main dining room. How about the Windjammer Marketplace, the buffet on Royal Caribbean ships? How was that for you? 
I like the windjammer. Um, one of the things I really like about the buffet is breakfast. Um, I, I eat breakfast in there every day. It was really good. They had the way the windjammer set up is it's not just one big line. It's multiple stations throughout the, the, the windjammer. And so there was, there was never really a line to get it, get to, a um, you know, get to your food. You just kind of popped in, grabbed something and popped out. And so I thought the food was really good. They had a really good selection. Uh, lots of desserts, too. The desserts were uh, – they had a lot more desserts than I would, was expecting, uh, dessert options, the jello and the pudding and the cakes and, and all of that. So that was really good. And, of course, when you walk in uh, – one thing I really like is when you walk into the Windjammer, on each side they have the sinks so you can wash your hands. And you have to wash your hands because they have the guys singing the washy washy song, <laughs> and you feel guilty if you walk by them without doing it. So <laughs> it was it was good to see so many people washing their hands. So does did, did they put a the Mexican El Loco Fresh on this ship during the refurb? Uh, no, they did not. No, no, they sure did. Now, this one I think has it might be in place. It has the fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that might be in place of the – I think the Mariner has the hot dog place. Gotcha. Yeah. And how about the – did you get to check out Johnny Rockets at all? I did. I did eat at Johnny Rockets. Uh, the food was really good there. It's it's 10 bucks, and you get uh, pretty much all the food you want. It doesn't include a milkshake though unless you have the drink package. But the milkshakes are only like, – I think they're 5 bucks, so they're really not bad. Okay, so back up here. So you pay 10 bucks, and – Let's just say I had a double burger or whatever, and then I was still hungry. I could get another double burger or a hot dog or and just eat until I'm just stuffed. You could. You okay. very well could. <laughs> and then, but the, the $10 does not include the milkshake at all, so the milkshake is totally separate. Correct. Correct. Unless you have that drink package, and then you can get the milkshake. But if you have the drink package and you want the milkshake, you have to get a meal. So it's it's one of those caveats to, mm-hmm. to getting the milkshake. <laughs> now, you say the drink package. Is that only for the alcohol drink package or the soda package would work too? Uh, no, just the drink package. Just the drink package. So alcohol only. Okay. Right. right. Okay. And so let's talk about the drink package. I know you. we chatted before the interview. You said you got the soda package on this one. How did that work out for you? That worked out pretty good. Um, I got the – you know, it's just the soda that's included. But you get the cup. They have the freestyle machines. They have two on the promenade deck, and then they have two up in um, Windjammer. Mm -hmm. So you have plenty of places you can go. And even they'll even fill the cup with, I think, like if you just want Coke or you want water, you can get that at one of the bars, and they'll fill the cup for you. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. Um, you know, if I need my cup cleaned, the cabin steward would do it for me. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was a good value considering I don't drink a whole lot of soda, but I think it was worth it for me. Any of the dining places <laughs> that I missed that you dined at? I did get Sorrento's, the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say something you might think is crazy, but I think it was better than Carnival's. <laughs> um, but it was really good. I like Sorrento's. Um, they, they're they right there on the, the Royal Promenade. So you go in, you've got uh, the traditional, you've got the veggie, you've got cheese, the uh, the Supreme Thai pizza. And it's it's all right there. There's usually 
three or four pans available, and then you can actually get a full pan if you want to, if you don't want just a slice. So you can get a full pan. And that's open till around 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So it's not 24 hours? No, it's not 24 hours. Not okay. 24 hours. Yeah. Since this ship does have, like, the big promenade, do they have, like, a cafe promenade? They do. They have the cafe, the promenade cafe, and it's open 24 hours. Uh, there you can – it's similar to what they had on Regal, but you, you have uh, your specialty coffees. They even have a regular coffee station, so you don't have to go all the way up to Windjammer to get coffee. And then they have uh, small sandwiches, and they have usually have a selection of desserts and cookies. And um, this area also has a lot of seating, so you can sit in there and uh, enjoy it. So it's – and it's – again, it's available 24-7, so – it's always available, and it stayed pretty busy. It always stayed pretty busy. Let's <clears> talk <throat> about the entertainment on this four-night cruise. How was it? I thought the entertainment was really good. I uh, attended – I really didn't go to anything but one real show, and that was Greece. I'm not a big fan of sitting in the shows and sitting for a long time. I think I've heard you mention that you know it's hard to sit there for a long period of time. Greece was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine Greece was really good. They the theater is really nice because it's just one big level. I don't know how to put this. It's not different levels where you have to go in on different decks to get to that level. It's just one long. And it, know, it, it, it slopes down. Slo- exactly. Okay. The slope is the word I was looking for. I'm sorry. No that's that's the word I was looking for. Um, but yeah, Greece was really good. Then they had the of course the Love and Marriage show. Which was interesting. So it's funny because there's always it seems like every love and marriage show I go to, there's always kids trying to sit in the very front row, and the parents are somewhere in the back, and they get called out. <laughs> I don't know what it is, <laughs> but they would have been scarred if they had sat there, um, <laughs> for sure. But uh, one of the fun things they did is on the first night they did the seventies show the 70s party and on the last night did the 80s party and they did it right there in the um in the on the promenade and they have these stages that come down from around deck eight where the you know activities director entertainers and all that dance and they sing and all that and they have the all the different music from from that that era and it's really a lot of fun it's a lot of fun i will tell you if you want to do it and you want to get a seat somewhere just get there early that's the big thing so Royal Caribbean does their like their big seventies parties or whatever their big party is of the cruise in the promenade and not outside. Yeah, they did do a deck party. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to the deck party. Um, I don't know that they they didn't advertise it very much. It wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like the seventies eighties party where they really pushed people to come to that. It sounds like mm-hmm. the promenade was pretty happening. How about the bars and restaurants or I guess the bars and, you know, the little venues around there? How was that or off there, I guess is the word. Yeah, there were some great places off there. They had the uh, Ale and Anchor Pub, uh, which has spent a lot of time at kind of a, a bar men- or beer menu. They had all the beers from all over the world. So that was that was a nice place to go and sit. Um, they always had uh, they had this Irish guy there singing, which is funny. We were at a, at a British pub and they had an Irish guy singing, but he was he was outstanding. We had um, had met some people through a Facebook group. And one of the people that, that was in this group was. This was her and her husband's pinnacle cruise. They were reaching the highest level on Royal Caribbean. So they knew everybody. I think they had been on Indy, you know, six or seven times. 
So they knew to go to Alan Anchor and listen to this guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was really good. He did some 80s music. He did some 90s music. He did some, you know, more modern type music. He really had a wide range of, of, of talent there. So it was good to watch. And then also, not necessarily on the promenade, but one deck below, you had a few different places. You have Bolero. You have the Schooner Bar, which was Schooner Bar was always somebody playing the piano there. And then, of course, you had Playmakers, which is the sports bar. And uh, that place was huge. It was a lot bigger than what I expected. Usually a sports bar on a, on a cruise ship is kind of small, but it ranged pretty far. Um, and it was right next to the casino. Mike, what was the smoking situation like in and around the casino? It really wasn't too bad. They have it kind of split up to where there's there's kind of a non-smoking section and a smoking section, uh, which I I don't know how well how good that is, but it still worked out pretty well. I didn't smell smoke that much. Typically, you know, if I go to the casino, I have to go at the one of the last things at, at night, or I have to change my shirt after being in there because I'm it, it's usually pretty bad. But I really didn't have that problem this time. They must have really good ventilation on the ship. How was the ship during sea days as far as crowds and congestion? See, it wasn't too crowded. I think that if you wanted to be right next to the pool, because they have the two pools up on uh, up on the uh, main deck, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, I think the most crowded area was a solarium, which was the adult area, or if you wanted to be where the where the kids' splash pad was. Mm-hmm. Those were the most crowded areas. But I found that if you go all the way to the back of the ship, just below where the flow rider is, you were able to find seating, and it was a really good place. You had a little bit of noise from from the flow rider and the slides, but it really was a wasn't too bad. Speaking of slides, this ship uh, had the Skypad, which was that virtual reality with the headset and the trampoline, and then it got shut down a couple of months ago because someone got hurt on it. Did they ever reopen that? It, it was not open on my sailing. I think they've reopened it now, but no, it was uh, it was still closed, unfortunately. And I tried to talk to some of the crew to get more you know more information, but they they kept their mouth shut, so <laughs> didn't get any new information. I, I'm curious how popular they added like the puzzle break in the what do they call it the observ observatorium. I think they call it on there. Did you get to check that out at all? They like the escape room. Oh, the escape room? No, I actually didn't get a chance. Every time I went up there, it seemed like they were there was a uh, something going on. They always had a game going, so I think it was pretty popular. But I think it was around twenty dollars a person, so it is a little pricey. Um, you know, for something you're only going to do one time, you're not going to do it. You know, you're not going to go back and do it again. <laughs> well, the ship carries just over thirty six hundred guests. So, and I know you said you bought the Wi Fi package. How was that? That was a lot better than what I expected. I think that Voom, the Voom Internet that they have is it's supposed to be one of the best to see, and I think it was really good. Uh, I could put something on – if I was do, doing a video, it would take a while. But if I was just uploading a picture to Facebook uh, or Instagram, it really moved pretty fast. Okay. Um, I was even able to use you know, uh, use regular websites. I was able to do my check-in on Southwest and, and all that pretty easy. The port of call for this cruise was just Cozumel. So what did you do there? Well, I've been to Cozumel quite a few times. So I decided really I didn't want to do anything. I, it was really humid that day. So I 
got off the ship, walked around a little bit, went over to Caraloha, which is the the bamboo store, which is really pretty interesting if you want to check something out. But just walked around and then went back to the ship and took advantage of the uh, of the time. The one thing I will mention about Cozumel, I didn't realize was here there, and I don't know if, how long it's been since you've been there, but across the street from the port were Royal Caribbean docks, which is to the I guess if you're looking into Cozumel, it's to the left of the of the I guess it's Playa Maya where Carnival docks. Yeah, so Car- Carnival docks at Porta something, and then the next one down is the International Pier, which I believe there's like a Margaritaville there and a Bubba Gum Shrimp place, right? Right, exactly. Okay, exactly. yeah. If you go out of the port and cross the street, there's a Hard Rock over there. Okay. I didn't know any of that. There were shops and Hard Rock and a few other places. I didn't even realize that was there. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, you know what? But now, in all fairness, whenever I go to Cozumel, I'm either going like to Nachi Cocum or Mr. Sancho's. Mm-hmm. So I never really explore the outside of the port area. I'm always just going somewhere and coming back to the ship. Um, well, cool. So you just kind of went there, just uh, what had a couple drinks and back to the ship? Yep, had a couple drinks at Hard Rock, uh, walked around a little bit, went back to the ship, and kind of enjoyed that without it being uh, – while everybody was out doing their excursions. Okay. Good. So, um, so you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was your debark? Uh, debark was really quick. The way they do it is they will for carry off. Will you carry it off yourself? They actually have um, they do it by deck. So you'll have this deck through that deck. We'll go at this time. And mine was kind of a little bit later, but because of my flight, I went to get services. They said, you know, just get off when they call it when they when we clear the ship which I did, and there was like five people on the gangway with me. That was it. And then as soon as I got to customs, I waited behind three other people and went right on out, and it was really pretty fast. We were talking about uh, crowds and congestion on sea days. I know whenever the ship did that refurbishment last year in 2018, they added over – I think they added like 100 and something new staterooms, like the lower 100s. Did it – so the ship didn't feel too crowded at all? Like it had had a good flow to it. I think it had a pretty good flow. I think the only time that it felt kind of crowded was uh, in the windjammer, and that was not because you, when you were getting food, but kind of people just moving and not really a flow, just scattered everywhere. But then you never had trouble finding a seat. So it was it was kind of weird. The promenade, Royal Promenade, was never really very crowded unless one of those parties was going on. Um, you could walk through there without uh, any problem. Guest service was never really a long line. The casino was stayed pretty packed. But no, it, it, I didn't feel like it was that crowded of a ship. I think it's a big enough ship to where it does it, it, it maintains the crowds pretty well, even with the additional staterooms. Do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing independence of the seas? Yeah, actually, get the pizza on embarkation day. So instead of going, you know, directly up to Windjammer to get food, which is really crowded, I, I, I did that, um, which any buffet is going to be crowded on embarkation day. Go to Sorrento's, grab some food, uh, grab some pizza, and then go and explore the ship. Uh, that would be one of my first time tips. And then one of the others would be my time dining. Make reservations for formal night. Um, it, when it, talking to people, 
they everybody was making reservations for formal night. So if you didn't have reservations, you were going to have a tough time. Also, if you want to go see Greece, make reservations because that's going to make it easier for you to schedule it around around that uh, around seeing the show. If you could tell Royal Caribbean one thing about independence of the seas, what would it be? That's a tough one. I'm not sure about that. That was uh, I, I really like the independence. I like that class of ship. I think it's freedom class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that class of ship. So I, I really I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, I also did the flow rider. And that was uh, I would say put those on more ships <laughs> because that was a lot of fun. How were the water slides? Water slides were good. They they were really good. They, um, you have the one. Well, both of them have go off the edge mm-hmm. of the ship, and they have the the see through. So you kind of go off the edge, and if you're really paying attention, you you know you can see it. Uh, but you go you're going pretty fast, so it's hard to hard to see anything. There's never a line for the slides. Not not one time I did the slides was there a line. Doesn't this freedom class of ship? I'm trying to think of. I've only been on a couple of them, but. Don't they have the hot tubs that kind of go out over the side towards the front? They do. Um, in the solarium, mm-hmm. they have That's the it. two hot tubs, and they're huge hot tubs too. They're not those little bitty ones where five people makes it crowded. You can fit ten people in there and it not feel t- horribly crowded. So uh, those were really nice. We sit in there and have a you had a great view, and those were right in the solarium, the adult, the sixteen and up area. Nice. We've been talking with Mike about his four-night cruise on Independence of the Seas out of Port Everglades to Cozumel. Mike, thanks for sharing, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. You are still listening to this podcast, and can I ask you a favor? It'll take 30 seconds, I promise. Could you leave a review wherever you listen to this show from, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play? I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF.